Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. Unless you're a cowboy fan. Or a hater, as Skip would say. Yeah. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time to run it back with Mac and Dak. Whoopee! Here we don't go! And there we went. If possible, I feel even worse today than I felt Sunday night. At least then I had a metallic silver lining. At least Mike McCarthy was finally gone. Sorry, Cowboy Nation. It's April Fools in January when we've been made to look like fools for going on 30 Januaries. Look, we were down 27 to nothing late in the first half and 48 to 16 early in the fourth quarter at home where we'd won 16 straight against the youngest team in the NFL, the first seven seed to ever beat a two seed. And Jerry Jones just sent this message to his country club of a locker room. It's okay. We'll try it again next year. Maybe we'll get lucky. I remind you that effectively, we, as in Dallas Cowboys, lost four of our last five games because Detroit beat us at home until that ref handed that one right back to the Cowboys. Yet, in a statement last night, Jerry Jones actually said this. He said, I believe this team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals, and the best step forward for us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach. There is great benefit to continuing the team's progress under Mike's leadership as our head coach. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that statement, but you know what? <sighs> Enough of me for the moment. I've got to get the perspective of a man who actually played for the Dallas Cowboys, a man who knows Jerry very well, and I know him maybe all too well. I'm talking about the former number 19. I'm talking about Keyshawn Johnson. Mr. Johnson, what is your reaction to all of the above, please? I'm fine with it. Hmm. I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I, I understand you are looking for instant success. The microwave society that we live in, you oh, have zero How about patience. 28 years of impatience, now, right? It, okay. Well, look, in, in that 28 years you mentioned, Skip, you would have gone another six, seven, eight, nine, ten years if you make a coaching change and it does not go the way you want it to. So you love the misery because you don't know how hard it is to win 36 games in three years. Clearly you don't. Well, I do. Cle I... Clearly you do not because here you are, as I told you, Richard and Michael, all of a sudden you want him gone. He's got to go. They should have fired him on the tarmac. All that. No. 
You take a step back. You process the situation. Then you make a decision, intelligent decision, on what makes the best, the most, and the best for your team. What makes mm. the most sense? Mm. What's the best thing for the mm. team? Mm. That's what you have to do. And Jerry Jones, Steven, and, and the, the, the brass in the front office sat back. They watched the film. They looked at the tape. They met. They communicated. And they said, this is the best for our team moving forward. Mm. Obviously, there needs to be cleanup in certain situations. Penalties clearly needs to be cleaned up. They led okay? the NFL in penalties. That's why you need to clean that yeah. up. Yeah. Clock management needs to be cleaned up. Mm. Late game, uh, late game situations, both on defense and offense, need to be cleaned up. All of that is fixable. Okay, now the question is where does Dan Quinn sit in all this equation of a new head coach? I mean, of, of mm-hmm. uh, a possibility of him becoming a new head coach. Does Jerry Jones say, I'm not going to start? Because if you start a new defensive coordinator, you're going to have some bumps and bruises along the way. Check San Francisco 49ers, D'Amico Ryans, part of the staff. Seamless transition from Robert Sala, but the moment that they went outside the building to Steve Wilkes, they had to bring him from upstairs to downstairs to get things turned around. So there were some bumps along the way. Mm-hmm. If Dan Quinn all of a sudden takes one of these jobs that's available to him, now maybe you bring somebody in from the outside because I don't know who would, who I don't know the staff off the top of my head that would take over immediately. And maybe assume, Al Harris would be. Um, uh, maybe up. maybe Al Harris. I, I'm assuming. I don't know, but. Let's assume it's Al Harris. Maybe the road is bumpy a little bit early on, but maybe it's not because he hadn't been a defensive coordinator in the past. We assume that that may be the case. But if they bring somebody from the outside in, because I'm sure Dan Quinn would love for Al Harris to go with him Mm -hmm. to whether Seattle or Washington or wherever he's interviewing to be his defensive coordinator, okay, which is a which is not a lateral move, but a move that moves him up, gives him an opportunity, even if Dan Quinn is calling the defense. So you say, oh, my God, that was Jerry wasn't thinking. He was, he wants us to stay the same. Keyshawn, you want us to be the same because you can poke fun at us? No, it's that, just that the, is true. It's the right move. Mm. How about this, though, Skip? Because you don't think you, you don't think, in my opinion, when it comes to these sort of things, because your emotions are so driven to the Dallas Cowboys. What if Bill Belichick did not want the job? Simply just didn't I, I, want I didn't it. really want Bill Belichick. That's, That's fine. Okay. I but take Jim Harbaugh and Hartley. But the rest of the Cowboy Nation were looking mm-hmm. at Bill Belichick. Okay? Then you say you want Harbaugh. Harbaugh mm-hmm. this, Harbaugh that, Harbaugh this. As I told you yesterday, the day before, what makes you think that Jim Harbaugh is any better than Mike McCarthy at the head coaching position? Don't get caught up in the national championship in college football. Don't get caught up with what he did 10 years ago for the San Francisco 49ers. For three straight years. That's fine. Three Mike straight McCarthy NFC is giving games. you 36 yeah. games in the winning column mm. in three years. He also won a Super Bowl, even though it was quite some time ago. 14 he, years ago. He understands how to win, though. Yep. Skip, that's the thing. Jim Harbaugh did not. And what if Jim Harbaugh comes to Dallas and it's not what you think? So guess what you're going to say? Oh, Jim Harbaugh, why do we do this? Why do we do that? What do we do this for? Mm. I just don't understand the way y'all think sometimes. Mm. So you're saying that Mike McCarthy is a better football coach than Jim Harbaugh? No, what I am saying is 
Mike McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh are so close. Is there really a difference maker? Here? Yes. A How? Huge difference. How could it be? It's called dynamic leadership. It's called Jimmy Johnson Memorial Dynamic Leadership. Jimmy Johnson, that we don't Jimmy have. Johnson is a different coach than Harbaugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different personality, different is style. He? Okay, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy was, Johnson at halftime the other day on Fox gave the greatest halftime yes, speech I think absolutely. I've ever seen. And, and unfortunately, won, and he was won, doing it on TV won, and, and not won, in the locker room. And you won two Super Bowls mm-hmm. because of that. Yep. That ain't Jim Harbaugh. That ain't the same. I don't guy. know about Jim. That ain't the same. I, I think he's what a you tough need, guy. What you need has nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. If Mike McCarthy somehow, for me, can clean up the clock management, and sh- kind of show me. All I needed to do is slam the clipboard down once and curse out someone who does something wrong. Then I might feel like, okay, well, he's demanding because you bring up a great point. He's not a demand. He's kind of like just a, a coach that knows what to do, and he's kind of just there. He's, he's not a, just he's not, there. He's not a, a forceful guy, but there's no a lot of motivational speaking. But there's no. a lot of different ways to skin a cat. Remember Tony Dungy I played for, and I was leaving Parcells dog cursing me every other day. And then when I got to Dungy and I did something wrong, and Tony said, hey, Tony would go, hey, we'll figure it out. Everything will be okay. And I'm like, okay, because it's different. It's different ways to get that And then the next year you started getting dog cussed again. Well, no, 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 no. I got, (laughs) it wasn't dog cussed. It was, well, it's a whole nother conversation here. It wasn't dog cussed, because if you dog cussed me with that guy, it would have been a different situation. You you might have some issues. Yeah, I would have been, I would yes. have been Latrell Sprewell. I understand. Okay, so we're talking about John Gruden. Go ahead. Yeah, but yes. but but in this situation with Mike McCarthy, you got a good coach and a good quarterback, man. It just like Jerry said, you you know how close you are. You were so close, Skip. I picked you to go to the Super Bowl when we you changed did. our picks. Mm-hmm. I picked you to beat Green Bay because I, much like Jerry, it, could see. That how close you are. Mm. You just stubbed your toe against Green Bay. Stubbed our toes? Are you kidding? Okay, so what do you want me to call it? It's the all-time playoff disaster I've ever it, witnessed it in my life. It is. In a, my life. It's a disaster. I've been doing this a long time. Seven I've seed, never seen anything like it before. Seven seed beats a two yeah. seed in the history of the league. But they I didn't just beat. It was annihilation okay. from the start. That happens. Well, not like that. It 27 happens. to nothing before it, halftime? It, it happens. 48 you, to 16 early in the fourth? It happens when you don't come to play. All right. Well, you don't come to play because I saw him not come to play two years ago at home against San Francisco. I saw him not ready to play on offense a year ago at San Francisco when Dak threw two second quarter interceptions. I've seen it again and again and again. So here's the point. You said you have a good coach and a good quarterback. No, we have a pretty good coach and a pretty good quarterback, and we're America's team. And again, I'm going to tell you my perspective. I'm spoiled, but I'm realistically spoiled, not unrealistically. How could you be spoiled because in 28 here's years? What you I experienced. Grown up by here, here's what I experienced. Hell. The first 30 times they played Super Bowl, 16 of those times we were in the NFC Championship game. More than half the time, I grew up through all that. I know Roger Staubach. I covered him. I, I know him inside and out. Okay. I know Troy Aikman really, really well. I know what they are. And by the way, Roger Staubach was 11-6 and six in the postseason, and Troy was 11-4 and four in the postseason. So I lived through all that. 
Now I'm living going on 30 years of n- not even sniffing the NFC championship game. So how could I'm going on three years of 12 and five records. And for the first time in the history of this league, three straight 12 and fives did not get that team even to the NFC championship game, even at least to the NFC championship game. That has never, ever happened before. So what just happened last night? Jerry Jones, he, he telegraphed this when he talked to the team as he, in his exit speech that he gave to them because, he, as, as they all said, he said, I don't have many more opportunities in my life because he keeps talking about his mortality and how much longer he's going to live. He's 81 years of age. I wish he wouldn't do that because he, he, could, he could live for 25 more years and it wouldn't surprise he's me. he's being realistic. Okay, he's probably being realistic if, if you want to go off the, the tables. You know, that's what it would tell you. So the point is that Jerry just said, I'm too old to plunge because a young Jerry, a 49, 50, 51 year old Jerry, just when he took over the Dallas Cowboys, he would have plunged in this situation because he would have said unacceptable, unacceptable. Skip, that's what I just tried to tell you. You sitting up complaining about 30 years and 28 years Mm -hmm. and the suffering. If you part ways with him. You're resetting the clock. Okay. Are you not listening to me? Yeah, no. Jerry I, is telling you this. No, but he's saying I don't, I don't have time the, to reset the clock. He doesn't. It, it Why would you reset to... the clock if you're 81 years old and you're talking because about you don't have much time? Because it will only get worse from here. If okay. you reset the clock and you bring in somebody and you don't get to where Mike McCarthy has gotten you, okay, we'll you're talk putting about yourself this in a few behind the sticks. Okay, the, the problem is we're going to lose a bunch of free agents. We're not going to have any cap room to sign free agents. All these stars are going to come due on having to pay the Micahs and the CDs. And when has that ever been a problem for the Dallas Cowboys? But it's going to be a cap problem because you're not going to be able to keep building around them. always had cap problems and figured it out. Here's the problem. Mike McCarthy, since that long ago Super Bowl that you mentioned 14 years ago, he's six and nine in the postseason since then. Okay. He's one and three as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in the postseason. Dak Prescott is now two and five as the quarterback of the Cowboys in the postseason. Understood. So you get a lot of regular season success, and then good luck to you because you're going to need a whole lot of luck. It it happens to a lot of quarterbacks before they move on to win a Super Bowl in this league. This is the most valuable team in the world. It is still called America's team because every time it plays football on television, especially on Fox, it goes through the roof. And how did it become the most valuable team? Because a smart man bought it at a certain rate, yep. and he increased the value over time based on all the things that he's been able to do, acquiring players, winning Super Bowls, marketing the hell out of it. Yeah, He knows what he's doing. Okay, you got to so let it finish. They're America's greatest gate attraction, but they got no chance to win a Super Bowl under Jerry Jones at age 81 because he just sent a message to that locker room that the unacceptable was completely acceptable. I don't think he sent the message because yes, he did. those that, players the, he, in there respect their head coach. The, the, the quarterback no, they of the love team, him because he's easy. He's easy to play for. You know it, and I know likes it. him. The quarterback of the oh, team has I, the highest why wouldn't they? percentage since why he's been in the NFL. Since Mike McCarthy started calling the plays, he's completed, what is it, 69 70% of his passes. Keyshawn. Come on. There's no urgency in that locker room. There's no good fear factor. Nobody's walking on any eggshells. Maybe there's not a player that has that type of personality, that has that edge, 
that they had once upon a time. There okay. is no Charles Haley in that locker room. Nope. There's no Michael, no Michael Irvin, Irvin in, in that locker room. room. There's no Troy Aikman in that locker There's room. There's no Troy Aikman in that locker yeah. room. But that ain't Mike McCarthy. Those personalities came to Dallas. Okay. Jimmy Johnson didn't create those personalities. What happened after we gave up 266 yards rushing and got literally run off the field at Buffalo? Rob Gronkowski went on Fox and said right after the game, that is not a mentally tough football team. That starts from the top, starts with the head coach. You know it, and I know it. There's no leadership in the locker room, and there is definitely no leadership at the head it's a coach. Diff, it's a different type of leadership than what you are used to with the Dallas Cowboys. There are, Dak Prescott is a leader. He just leads differently. You're looking for more of... Like I said, more of a Charles Haley type, not yep. going to stand for it, throw a helmet through a wall when they don't do something right. You don't have that type of player. Okay. This is so, not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when we had nothing but players with uh, attitudes. Don't, don't even start. It's, but it's, that's it's, it's the like, way our team was built. It's like apples and rotten oranges but, but is what team, you're talking our about. Our team was built a certain way. Our head coach was not like that. Mm. Our head coach was nice and calm in everything. He just was... He approached it differently. You, are you talking about Tony? Tony Dungy hey, approached Tony, it differently. Tony has inner strength to him that is palpable to me. It's, it's just you, you can feel it. It's a different way. Of, it. It's a different way of coaching. Tony is a natural born leader in his way, much yes. more than Mike ever was. He leads differently. Well, he doesn't lead at all. There's no leading. He can call plays. I'll give you that. So in the regular season, you got a chance next year to have the number one scoring team in football. You got a yes, chance. Yes, and hopefully you can capitalize on okay. that, though, right. Skip. So what happened this year? If you step back from it and you say, okay, what did Mike McCarthy achieve this year? Well, he achieved losing to Arizona, and you never let us forget about that one. Well, that's Josh Dobbs. Got to okay. do with that. All right, so that wasn't Mike's fault. And Dak, as he said after the game, I stunk in that game because his QBR was pathetic. It was a third. So now you want to move game. on from Dak. Okay. I, I've been saying that. I, I said it three years ago. Sign Kirk okay. Cousins. That makes right. a lot of sense. Okay. I didn't say sign Kirk Cousins. So who but, are you going to sign? Okay. Well, again, I wanted Tom Brady three years ago. And guess what? We, Tom we Brady getting Super Bowl. ready to work for Fox in a couple weeks, okay. man. Come I'm on. I'm just saying I already first guessed. This show's about first guessing. I first guessed it three years ago. I said, go get Tom Brady when his stock was at the bottom. When Belichick has said he can't play. When Robert Kraft said, you're right, Bill. Let's push him out the you back door. had a quarterback okay. already in place. Okay. Well, we didn't. You because did. I, it, you it's the same about? guy. Okay, what have we seen from Dak Prescott lately, just in the last three years? We saw him. Dak Prescott in week 12 was an MVP candidate. Okay. We saw him two, two playoffs ago against San Francisco at home. We had a home playoff game. He stunk in that game. Okay. Then we saw him at San Francisco in a game that the defense actually showed up for, and he stunk in that game. And he himself so Tom said, "Brady ain't never stunk in no games he's ever played in." Come on, don't. I'm don't just start. asking. You, I'm just asking okay. you a question. Well, all he did is win seven. Super I didn't say. Bowls. I didn't question right. whether or okay. not he won Super Bowls. I'm asking Dak you. Dak Prescott has won zero Super Bowls because he's I, never I, even sniffed I, the I, NFC. I understand that, yet. but you can't just say okay. somebody as okay. if I'm Tom Brady getting, never struggled before. Okay, he Dak routinely stinks in playoff games. Three of the last four, he stunk, and by his own admission, he stunk against Green Bay the other day because in in the first half, he throws two horrendous interceptions, one for a pick six, and we're down 27 to nothing. Okay, how am I supposed to count on that? How am I supposed to invest new emotion in that? Because well, you're going to invest. I, I don't you're know. You're going to have to. You're going to be forced to. I'm thinking about getting a new team. Well, am, maybe maybe you know? that's it then. No, I'm serious. I, I, I spent last night, I was thinking – 
you know, Wayne loves the Packers. He's going to be on tomorrow. And I started looking at the Packers. and, and I don't think he got, wants you with I, the Packers. I, I just might. I might don't hop need to on bring the bandwagon. The negativity over to no, the because I look at that team, and I love Jordan Love. And I love how he, he carries himself. And I loved how he played against us because he, he tore us to pieces. He toyed with us. And they have four young receivers, as you well know, because one of them we had on the show yesterday is Romeo. And they're all 23 or under. They're going to go places. I, so you want to abandon C.D. Lamb now? No, I love C. I already told you he's the best receiver in football. Yeah, I got you, that you, going you, for you, me. You, you want to move to the Green Bay Packers because they got young receivers. No, as I'm, if I'm just saying. C.D. Lamb is chopped well, liver. How, how can I trust Jerry Jones anymore? Because it's clear to me all he cares about is putting an entertaining product okay, on so, the field. So Does let me Jerry be, really let, care let about winning the, a Super let Bowl? Let me be the reasonable one at the table yeah. right now. So if you hire Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And you go 12 and 5, and you get knocked out in the wild card round. What have you accomplished? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. But that wouldn't happen. You you know know it wouldn't happen? Everywhere Jim Harbaugh has been, great things have happened. You you saw he took the University of San Diego and turned it around. He took Stanford to 12 and 1. Are you kidding me? I understand. He took the 49ers to the brink of winning a Super Bowl because it was interference on Michael Crabtree in the end zone. Should have been called on a pass from Colin Kaepernick, and it was not. And his older brother survived in that game, and they won it. I give you that. And a short order of of knowing you and working with you, I love you, man. Mm. But to sit up and act as though Jim Harbaugh wasn't struggling when they redid his deal and took money from him at Michigan, and he didn't start winning big at Michigan to. Urban Meyer decided mm-hmm. to leave, yeah. okay, Ohio State to take a job in television. I know, but before. he took a Michigan program whose cupboard was bare. It took a while to uh, turn it back. Oh, so around. now, so now the narrative is it took a while to. Well, turn he didn't the have a quarterback. Around. Just give him, give him JJ, and he's got a it, shot. Is I say many times over, and I'll continue to say it. If you don't have a quarterback in this yeah. league, I, you're I, never going to win. Okay. Everybody so, knows that. So we have a pretty good one, which means that next year. We'll be one and done if we're lucky. And speaking of luck, I got to throw this out because Jerry Jones' attitude is like, maybe next year we'll get lucky. We got lucky this year because the truth is, Keyshawn, if you step back from it, we were in big trouble because you bet me at one point uh, on Philly winning the division. It was like midseason. You said, yeah. you want to bet a dinner on yeah, Philly, Philly winning the division? Philly hit a wall and couldn't you jump over it. They couldn't jump over it. They went from 10-1 and one yeah. to 11-7. Yeah. They fell apart way worse than even we fell apart. Fell and apart. we were slowly falling apart. So we lucked into the Detroit game, and we lucked into, thanks to Philadelphia, Eagles turning into Beagles. A few, a few we, wins are lucky. You okay. do know that. We lucked into the two-seed. All of a sudden... The heavens opened. Michael and I are talking about the Jimmy curse is broken, but I forgot about the Jerry curse because the Jerry curse is still in place. So much for that Jimmy curse. So much for the Jimmy curse. And I look up and we have the potential to win two home games against a lot of teams we obviously could have beaten, should have beaten. Well, he was putting. And we're seven and a half point favorites over the youngest team in the league from Green Bay. And I seriously, because you seriously thought, oh, the Dallas pass rush is going to eat Jordan Love up. It's his first playoff start, and he's going to have a long, hard game. And guess what? The opposite happened. And it was so bad that, that somebody had to pay for it. If you care about your fandom, if you fear that you're going to lose some of your fandom, 
you make a move. You go get some. I don't care who you go get. You just change coaches because, as you always you don't say, go it's change the, coaches it's the only thing win. you can change. Not, right? You don't just skip. You don't just change coaches without a plan, man. Yeah. You, you realize. Like, what are you going to okay, do? Okay. Jim Harbaugh doesn't want the job. He's staying at Michigan because they're going to go a lifetime deal. He gets his voids or, or yeah. his protection in his contract the way he wants it. Yeah. Bill Belichick decides he doesn't want to work for Jerry Jones. Pete Carroll says, ah, I like the Pacific Northwest. I'm just going to relax and chill. What are you going to do? You going to hire Vrabel? Like, what are you going to do? You I, got a care. coach that's capable of doing it. Right there. Capable of doing what? Getting you to a Super Bowl. He is not capable of getting us to a Super okay. Bowl. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. This is all about Jerry puppeteering. He needs puppet coaches because he wants to remain in complete control. So the man, you know says, he's 80, the man says he's 81 years old. He yep. doesn't have much time to keep messing with this stuff. Yeah, but he, he wants mess. to win a championship but he wants a puppet as a coach to try to win a championship, even though he doesn't have much time left, as he said. But you just said he wants somebody he can control. He wants his comfort zone. He doesn't want to blow up his comfort zone. If he zone. wants to win a championship you know so bad, why he, wouldn't he want to do that? He loves Mike McCarthy because he loves every Friday afternoon, as you know, to have beer and nachos with his head coach and hear what's really going on with the football team so that he gets some information and ammunition for his radio shows so he can speak as, as if he really knows what's going on inside the football team. I, I honestly, and, out of all the owners that I've ever been around and dealt with on and off the field, I believe he knows football. And he knows it just as well as anybody that is coaching a team in every. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. Having been in that situation with him, and understand and watching him and his son them work, I think they know football. You may think he's I, using I think it for you may think he's using it for a radio show. I don't. Mm. Steven knows football. Jerry, not so much. And I spent literally hundreds of hours with Jerry because I wrote man three books tackle about him. or whatever guard for a national guard championship at, team at 190 pounds. He did. Well, that was back in mm -hmm. the 60s or yeah. whatever, man. Yeah, 50s, 60s, whenever it was. Keyshawn. It's a happy day for you and a dark one for me because you know and I know you'll get to ridicule me all next year at all the oh, key moments. Well, if they don't win, of course. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for that. Way to go, Jerry. We appreciate you. Okay, so let's continue this theme up next because we got to fast forward. Will next year's Cowboys with Mac and Dak be better or much worse? That's the question. No mercy. No mercy. Hey folks, it's your man Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, 
They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Breaking news last night that broke my heart. Jerry Jones did not fire Mike McCarthy. So, Keyshawn, let's fast forward. Will the Cowboys be better or worse next year? I don't think they'll be worse. They're either going to be better or the same. That's the way it looks. It sounds like you would lean to same. No, not necessarily. I skip. I picked them in the postseason to go to the Super Bowl because I believed that they was good, the switch was going to turn on. I still believe that you got a good coach, you got a good quarterback, you got a receiver that's turned the corner, you got a defensive, you got a defensive player that eventually will turn the corner, you got a corner coming back in digs. All you need to do is shore up your offensive line, get a big back in free agency or whatever the case is, a bruiser. I think Pollard coming back his second year after an injury, full recovery, he'll be a better football player. I'm not one that is like you. I kind of look at it and I go, okay, here's the pluses, here's the minuses. Now here's a minus for you. What's going to happen at the defensive coordinating position? It's key. Do you retain Dan Quinn and make him the highest paid Defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL, the same amount of money as a head coach would make, yada, 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 to retain that. You're looking at one game and saying our defense stinks. One game in the playoffs, whatever those adjustments were, coaches have bad days too. I'm not looking at it like that. Although you have missed the playoffs in 2020, you went 12-5 and and got knocked out three straight times and didn't advance to the NFC title game. That has happened, Mm -hmm. but it does not mean that all of a sudden – you get rid of a coach or coaches and start all the way over because you're not getting exactly what you want at that moment in time. Yep. And I think that that is the wrong way to look at things and approach things. You want to have continuity. And the most thing that you can have, look at, just look at, look at the Rooney family in Pittsburgh. Are you going to tell me that the Dallas Cowboys fan base is bigger than the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yes. It is to this degree, though. It ain't like that. No, that's Pittsburgh, a big tra- uh, Pittsburgh a big travels I well. They, you go anywhere, you see Steeler fans. I agree. You go anywhere. They're not the same as the Dallas Cowboys. We're not talking about a one in a ten. Okay, but Keyshawn, you told me just last Sunday you went to some place, a sports bar oh, yeah. in like Santa Monica, and it's yeah. just spilling but I've over. Also, but I've also gone Cowboy places. Cowboy fans, right? I've also gone places where Pittsburgh is spilling mm-hmm. over. The reason I bring that up is you don't see the Rooney family acting to the fan base. And they haven't gone to a Super Bowl in a long time either. They've lost five straight playoff games. Five straight playoff games, okay? So they've been stuck in neutral for a while too. Yep. But guess what? Their head coach is coming back. Mm. When everybody screaming, even ex-players screaming, get rid of the coach. Okay, okay? but he got to two Super Bowls I, and won one. I, I understand that. I get that. But that was a long time ago, like Mike McCarthy. Long time ago, Skip. You got to think rational here, mm. not irrational. Oh, I'm very you, rational. I've been rational for about five years about no, this. No, man, yep. you cannot. You, you got you to gotta look at it. Hey, what do we fix? 
We fix our run-stop defense. We need to, we need to figure out that because Aaron Jones tore us to shreds. This is how you think when you're in the building. We got to plug mm-hmm. the run game. Yep. We need to shore up our offensive line and get healthy. There'll be a couple tackles out there available. Maybe Smith doesn't come back because he, you know, who knows what happens there. Ah, you're talking about your guy. Yeah, Tyron Smith, USC maybe guy. he yeah. doesn't come he back. He is a free agent. He, maybe he doesn't come back. But you, you, there's certain things that, that you plug to get to the next mm-hmm. level. Yep. All teams do that. If you do that, you're either going to be the same or better. But I don't think you're worse. You've been 12 and 5 three straight years. The man doesn't deliver you 36 mm. wins mm. in three years. Yep. He ain't going backwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so you win 11. It's the same as 12 to me because mm. you're going to get into the playoffs. And he's delivered three playoff losses in four tries. Okay. Well, that's what we got. We're better than that. We should be better than so, that. Brett, so, Okay, okay we're, we're not me. we're not living up to our regular season. We're we're going early Peyton Manning in Indy. You keep bringing him up because for years in Indy, yeah, he, but he couldn't live up to his seed because his seed would be one or two, one or two. That that is, right? that is correct. Right. And guess what happened? Mm. They eventually won. They broke through. They broke yep. through. Yep. Tampa Bay, the original yep. Dallas Cowboys, and the triplets. They finally broke through. Okay. All right, so what do I see for next year? If I do first glass half full, let's try to be cockeyed optimist here. What, what do I know? Well, CeeDee Lamb did emerge as, to me, the best receiver in football. And I, I did love his connection with Dak until the first quarter of the first playoff game when I look up and they're feuding, they're clashing. And it's just shocking to me. Michael Irvin sat here, you weren't here on Monday, and blame CD. He said CD can't just turn away from Dak. But anyway, they got into it, and it was just shocking to me because the la- if you'd give me a thousand possibilities in the first playoff game, the one thousandth on the list would be Dak and CD get into it. What? Okay, but the point is, they seem to develop from the San Francisco game forward a great rapport that made them the most dynamic quarterback receiver duo in football for the last twelve games. So I do have that as a plus. Uh, Michael Gallup actually came to play the other day. I don't know. He came out of nowhere in the second half, and he caught whatever it was, 10 balls for over 100 yards. And Jake Ferguson can play. I'm not saying he's Gronk, but he's pretty good. You know, he's pretty good. I'll, I'll take lot, him. But there's not a lot of Gronks in Okay, in well, there's Kelsey's just not, but I'll, I'll take it. And I'll, Andrews. I'll, I, I, I'm okay. He's actually a little better than Dalton Schultz. That's, I'll go that far. Okay. All right. So then I look at the free agent list, and we started with Tyron Smith. Well, that could be a huge loss because he – He's 33, which is not old by human years. But, but he's, 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 he, he can't stay healthy. It, it's That's hard. He did stay healthy down the stretch, but is he going to go somewhere? I, I have no idea. Tony Pollard is a free agent. He never got back from a career-threatening injury suffered in the San Francisco playoff You're game. You're asking him to get back in a year. Yep. When and you maybe, get, when you, when you maybe have injuries like that, I saw some flashes later yes, in the last yeah. couple of games. Okay. That's why I said uh, he's okay. He's a keeper. Okay. This is not Jerry's style to go onto the free agent market and and plunge for somebody. And I'm not sure he's going to have a whole lot of cash to plunge with because he's got to pay CD and Micah coming up here. They can find it. You manipulate the numbers. All right. Can you manipulate numbers for Derrick Henry? 100%. Okay. All right. So what did I see? Derrick Henry's an $8 million back right now. Okay. He's 30 years of age. He's an $8 million guy. Four of the last five years, Derrick Henry has led the league in carries. Okay? That's a lot. That's a lot of wear and tear, as you know. Now, he is a huge human being. And 
I, I would hope for his sake he's got some of that sort of Adrian Peterson gene in him where you just keep getting stronger through your 30s. It's, it would it's be, a change of pace okay. back. You pair him with Pollard, okay. and you, you got your goal All line right. forced right there. Okay. His yards per carry dropped to a career low last year. He's not what he was because but nobody buy, can be. But you're not buying You, you past, don't need him to be the, you're not buying the, past. the, the bell cow. You no, know, like, uh, you're okay. not. All right. Okay, I got that. So that's still a possibility. Now we turn to the defensive side, and all of a sudden I can go way deep on this because Stephon Gilmore is a free agent. I don't know. But remember, they do get Trevon Diggs back, and will he come back 100%? I would hope so off his ACL tear. But if he comes back 100%, okay. you got uh-huh. Gilmore still. Okay. You if got you Diggs, and you slide Bland inside. Okay, there are a whole bunch of others. We're going to lose some of these guys. We're going to lose Dorrance Armstrong or Curse or Jordan Lewis. Maybe, maybe you don't lose okay. Doris Armstrong. Okay. I, I don't know. Fowler. So these, some of these guys, Hankins, Neville Gallimore, some of the, the three or four of them are going to be gone because you just can't pay all of them because you got people coming to do like CD and I, I, and, I understand uh, that, but you, okay. you can't pay everybody, but you could also right. replace those guys if your scouting department, which I trust, in the Dallas Cowboys because they've done a tremendous job have. at selecting these young players okay. and putting them in position. And I forgot Biotish. Doris the, Armstrong, yeah. went, I think he was a fifth-round pick for the Cowboys, yeah, fourth no, or fifth-round no, pick. No, you he can find that guy. Yeah, well, you would hope so. Uh, I forgot Biotish, who was a higher – I think he was a third-round pick. But but he's become a very good center in this league. and He's a free agent. I'll, I will bet you he'll be gone. I'll just bet you. So you're going to have to figure that part out. Okay, now let's look at the defense. What did I tell you from day one on this show in September? Well, you told me they had the number one defense in the league. That's okay. what you told Thank me. you. Well, I'm about to tell you exactly what I did tell you. I said, I don't trust the quarterback. I don't trust the head coach that my team will, and this is a quote from me, go as far as Micah Parsons and the defense can carry this team. And guess what? When I least expected it, it carried my team right out the back door to the dumpster and it caught on fire. It was a dumpster fire. It gave up 48 points at home when the most in 66 previous Dallas Cowboy playoff games, the most ever allowed was 38. 38, and we gave up 48 really in three quarters to the youngest team in pro football. Okay, so what what happened? Well, then I start looking harder at the defense, and down the stretch, the defense wasn't very good because, again, 266 yards rushing at Buffalo, and I, I can just go chapter and verse. You, you know what happened at San Francisco, 42 to 10 happened. When I really needed them to rise and shine, they did not. So I But you do at, understand, that, though, when you start talking about 42 at San Francisco and you talk about Green Bay and some of these other teams, Seattle, the Rams, mm-hmm. that's the same yeah, system. Yeah, Seattle, would they hang on us? 35, 35, but that's yeah. the same system. So yeah. clearly, Dan Quinn and that defense struggle – with Kyle Shanahan, the West Coast system, Sean McVay, the West Coast system, yeah. they struggle with that. Okay. It's just so what the reality happened? of it. My defense lived and died by creating takeaways. And through the first five weeks, we were tied for second in the league in takeaways. At home. Yeah. No, well, this is just in general. Well, you were taking the ball away at home, not on the road. Well, there you go. And, yeah, we took it away at New York in the opener, remember? Stop. Well, we did. Oh, stop. You just said we took it away. Stop with the New York. Okay, all right. All they did was make the playoffs last year and win a playoff game. Okay, from week six on, we tied for 21st in turnovers. And when we really needed to take the ball away at Buffalo, at Miami, and at home against Green Bay, we had zero turnovers in those three games, zero zero takeaways. Well, a couple of those games were on the road. You did not not attack the same way on the road as you did at home. Jordan Love and company, again, they understood 
that defense, Romeo Dobbs and, and Jordan Love and yep. Jones at the back, but they just understood okay. how to play against the defense. And this brings me to who I thought was my best player on the football team, my oh Micah 11 from heaven, Micah Parsons. I got to tell you, from my heart, I'm just speaking the raw, painful truth. I thought he was a better podcaster this year than a playmaker on defense. That's what happened, and I think you agree with me on that because he did not come to play the way I thought he, he would. Here's what I he would. He did not wreck games like I thought he would. Here's what Micah has to do. He just has to get better in certain situations, Skip. Okay, for whatever reason, and I don't know the reasoning because I'm not coaching and I'm not watching him every single day. When he gets to a certain point in the season, he tails off. He just does. They've got to correct that, whatever that is. If it's lining him up stationary and not moving all the way around, it was just, if it's moving him around it and not and lining him up stationary. Remember, same song, second verse, because the last, what was it, six games last year? Well, that's what I'm saying. At a certain same thing part of the year. season, yeah. He stalls. Are you they getting worn down? Are you getting beat down? Are you getting... I, I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening to him. They've got to figure that out. That is what self-check and self-evaluation in the offseason is. Mm. And if they do that the right way and he does that the right way, then great. As I told you before, I don't give a damn about his podcast. Don't talk about other teams. Yeah. Because coaches talk, have talk shows, radio shows. They do interviews all throughout the course of the season. The highest coaches in the league and the lowest coaches in the league. It does not affect their game planning. It does not affect anything you do as a player when you have a show. It does not at all. The only thing I don't like is when you talk about other teams. Because mm. when you talk about other teams and you lose to those teams and they dominate you, now they have something to laugh at you about. We have something to point the finger and say, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. No, I don't I think that listen, that's the case. I, I thought Lil Wayne made a great point, though, and he knows Micah. He said... He loses some mystique when Monday after Monday after Monday for an hour at a time, well, he just, just sort of reveals himself. You know, he just says, here's who I am. And he talks on and on and on about everything that he thinks. And there's no more mystery to him at all. There's no growing mystique. I, I like, what is he? No, right? I, I understand you know? that. Okay. I, I understand. Right. I've always been somebody that I want you to try to figure me out. I'm not going to give you a whole Correct. lot. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So the problem was that we got all the way to the game that mattered. When Jerry had said, I'm going to take it a game at a time as I evaluate my head coach. And all of a sudden, when I, I needed. Ah, you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wait, but you picked Dallas to win the Super Bowl. But I told okay. you, you can't to tell a coach, yeah. I'm going to evaluate this guy one game at a time. Okay. Well, th that's what it was. It was one game and way done. Like in three minutes. And he evaluated him. He made the decision to keep him. Okay. The point was that when I needed Micah the most, he was the least because I can only do it statistically. He had the worst pass rush stats of his entire career against Green Bay. I will give him this. He did create two early holding calls, and that should somehow count, but they don't count in the stats. But Well, he, you brought attention to the holding calls at the end of the year. We did, and it, it cashed for yeah. us twice. Yeah. But pressure-wise, he pressured Jordan Love one time in the game. He made one solo tackle, he had one assisted tackle, and he had zero tackles for losses. So statistically, that was the worst game of his career when I needed him most. So now I look hard at Dan Quinn's defense and I say, where did it get me to? 
Well, it didn't get me through Buffalo, and it certainly didn't get me through Green Bay. And if we hark back to San Francisco, it was a give-up defense so now I'm against Dan San Quinn Francisco. Coach. No, well, they're just not what I thought they were. I completely overestimated okay. them. But that's uh, your fault. That's uh, why I try to slow you down all the time because you always rushing and jumping ahead of yourself. Yeah. But okay? they were a highly ranked. The and by the way, I'm going to remind you, he was the preseason favorite, really prohibitive favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. He was a heavy betting favorite to win Defensive oh, yeah. Player of the Year. Yeah. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He didn't even make the all-pro team voted on by the players. And I, we I talked about it here on the show. Recognized game. They recognized saw. Game. They saw. That's all. But, yeah. but doesn't mean that he's not a good football player. No, he's a good one. But you is know? he a great but one? Also, I, but also part of the problem is before I even joined your show, all these other shows across the country was, was tabbing him as the next Lawrence Taylor. Yep. Okay, so... A lot of that comes and creates this he can't play type environment. Remember what Micah said in training camp this year? Do you remember what he said? No, I don't, but you don't tell me. We can be better than the Ray Lewis defense, which is the 2000 Ravens. I'm not sure that defense was better than your 2002 defense, but that's debatable. But it was a great defense, obviously, Ray's defense. I mean, it depends on who you are against. I, I understand. But Derek Brooks, listen, don't, don't get me started. That, yeah. that was I mean, Our defense you know, was legit. Hey, hey, it was just loaded with Hall of Famers. Ray was Ray. I give you that. But And we can also do 85 Bears. But the point was, Ray Lewis's defense was all-time great. And Mike is saying we can be better than that defense. Because that's what he thought, okay, though, Skip. All right. And he also said... Hall of Fame is great when you ask about being in the Hall of Fame, but he said, I, I don't really care about Hall of Fame. I care about being the greatest player ever, okay? Like that's beyond okay, the but, Hall but, of Fame. And that's okay. Okay, but you, you can't say that if you can't even it, remotely back it up. It, it, but here's what I would yeah. say. It's okay to say, if you live up to it, and if you don't live up to it, then that's a different conversation. Yeah. This is only the kid's fourth year. Okay. Oh, only his fourth is fourth. Well, I mean, only his fourth I, I, I needed, to, I, this was a big year for me with him. I wanted to see him take over the football team and take over games, I, and I, I did not I, see that. I understand. And I don't think you saw it either. No, I, I'm not going to say yeah. that I did or yeah. I didn't. Yeah, okay. I'm going to plead the fifth. Yes, thank you very much. All right, up next, this is interesting to me because Julian Edelman yesterday made a strong case for Bill Belichick being the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. We discuss next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, enough of me and Key. It's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Jared. Me hearing news that the Cowboys are retaining Mike McCarthy and Skip losing his mind. Thank you, J.K. Simmons. You were laughing last night. I could, I, I could no, picture I really, you in, I, in my mind's eye. I could see you laughing. I was laughing about your reaction to this, <laughs> even though I wasn't with you. I just knew. It was, yeah. I just knew. Well, you should have texted me. Because I, 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 I wouldn't have texted back last night. You know, night. I don't think it's as bad as you, but. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Next up from Rob Crabtree, McCarthy, <laughs> McCarthy finding out he's not fired. Dwight from the office, are you serious? That kind of looks like McCarthy to me, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately. And finally, from James Pearson, Dallas fans, when they find out McCarthy and Dak are coming back. Well, I can certainly see that. Yeah, that's Will Ferrell. I think it's from Stranger Than Fiction. I'm not exactly but sure. But I don't even think they, they have to find out. Dallas fans, they don't have to find out whether or not they're coming back. They're still drinking like that. <laughs> you could be right. And Will Ferrell, by the way, is a former Trojan, yeah. as Keyshawn reminded yeah, me in the break. Right on. He is a proud Trojan. All right. We are certainly proud to have Julian Edelman working here at Fox as an analyst. He stopped by the herd yesterday. He made a compelling case for the Philadelphia Eagles to hire Bill Belichick. If, of course, owner Jeffrey Lurie decides to fire Nick Sirianni, they're supposed to meet the next day or so. Edelman's points were, number one, Eagles obviously do have some talent, but that, two, the deficiencies are mostly on defense, which is Bill's forte, and that Bill would prefer to stay on the East Coast because he has family in New England. And finally, Belichick respects Eagles GM Howie Roseman, who did build that team that beat Belichick's Patriots 41-33 to in a Super Bowl. Julian Edelman said there's a big misnarrative out there that Bill doesn't like to collaborate. So, Keyshawn, you know Bill pretty well. Can you see him coaching the Eagles? Well, first of all, Julian Edelman is 100% right. There's always this misnarrative about Bill. And you, what you've Bill said does. it For, several times. Yeah, it's just because when you don't let somebody in and they don't know you, mm -hmm. they assume. And the people would assume that he can't work with somebody. He has to have full control. All coaches want to work with people they respect and they trust. All coaches. Julian is 100% right. Okay? When you look at Bill Belichick, and what he was able to do in New England for those 20-plus years. There were people around him, especially at the start of all of this, yep. that he knew for a very long time that, that he was is coached true. with. And you've made the point that, that he began to struggle as they went elsewhere. As, as yeah. those, all right. those people went elsewhere. Things started to shake a little bit. He respects Howie Roseman not just because he beat him in the Super Bowl, but they're kind of the same type of guys. What I mean by that is they didn't play professional football. Nope. They worked hard to get... I don't, I don't get, think Howie even played high school football, but go they ahead. They have not even played high Bill school football. Bill was more football. of a lacrosse player. Exactly. Division three. Exactly. So they've built the things that they were able to accomplish based on coming out of nowhere. Okay, Bill was basically just a, a towel boy at the start of his career, and then all of a sudden... He just boom, 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 his coaching career. Same thing with, with Roseman. He just was a guy was that a guy. wanted to be in the building and run a team someday. Yep. He got the opportunity he did. and won Super Bowls by doing it he and did. building teams by doing it. Yeah. So when you align those two minds together, now the job is not, first of all, let's say the not job open. is not available. Yep. This is hypotheticals and what ifs. Uh, all of a sudden, the Philadelphia fans, which the Philadelphia Eagles front office, they listen to. The Philadelphia Eagle fans are loud. And now that his name is trickling into Philadelphia, people are going to get hyped about that because right now they're down on a coach, by the way, in three seasons they've gone to the playoffs three straight times and a Super Bowl appearance that they probably very easily could have won if Jalen Hurts didn't somehow lose the football. Agreed. And now they all down in Philadelphia on the head coach, which is mind-boggling to me. They're about as delusional 
as the Dallas Cowboy fans are. Yeah. Now, if that job becomes available and Bill goes there, they do have some issues on defense. They're a little bit older with Fletcher Cox and company. The, the Slay and Bradbury, are they the same type of corners that they once were? Can Bill fix that in the secondary? They got Kevin Bayard back there. He didn't live up to he did our expectations of him once he got to Philadelphia. But Your expectations. Well, I say oh, our, mine. not okay. yours, mm -hmm. but Thank me you. and Richards, mm -hmm. potentially. Correct. But, but look, man, it doesn't diminish what he is as a player because he got there mid-year. And he's got to learn and do all sorts of stuff. Mm. Anyway, as I would say, Skip, it fits. It fits. But do, does Bill want to deal with a fan base that is impatient when things don't go their way, it's, like the Dallas Cowboys situation? You talk about spoil. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagle fan base, uh, I don't even, I can't even find a word for them. But they're, they're like crazy. But they're viciously spoiled. And they're viciously and we, spoiled. And we saw the the video the guy yesterday. The guy's popcorn on the head coach. Imagine, imagine the if that was Bill walking out the tunnel and you throwing, or walking oh. in the tunnel and you throwing popcorn on him oh. because he didn't advance your team mm -hmm. beyond the wild court round. So by does, the way, security was prompt and they jumped right on. I, I, I get it, it, but does yeah. is that something that Bill wants to deal with every single day, although the Massachusetts Boston fan base can be a little weird at times itself and unsatisfied because they are legitimately spoiled, whether it's the, 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 the Sox, whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Celtics, whatever it is no up doubt. there, the Bruins, they've won championships. It's a winner's And they the go board. crazy it when is. it doesn't happen. Yep. Can Bill deal with that in Philadelphia? Does he want to deal with that in Philadelphia? Or is Atlanta a better landing spot for him. And I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. Hmm. By the way, another report, I think it was Ian Rappaport, said Bill is meeting again with the Falcons and Arthur Blank. So I don't know if that indicates more interest on both sides, if it's starting to take shape and it's going to happen. All I know is I'm going to try to be objective about this because I've told you before, I, I grew up hating the Eagles, so I still have that in me. It's been a division thing. I just, I've never liked, I've gone to... So many games in Philadelphia, and that that you want to talk about rabbit? It's it's like it's, it, it's a tough place. I, I just remember so many times I, I would sometimes travel with the team to Philadelphia, and the people who worked for the Cowboys would take groups to Philadelphia, and it was the one place in the league that they would tell everybody you cannot wear your cowboy garb when you go to this. It was the old vet. Remember? I, uh, I uh, it's just a real quick story. Yeah. I was getting divorced. And we were playing Philadelphia, and I come out for what year approximately? This was this was our championship year okay. that we went to the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I come o out two. the tunnel. Yeah, oh two. I come out the tunnel, and I'm warming up, and you know it's probably I don't know sixty thousand fans at this point in the stands, and they all start chatting. Keyshawn, where's your wife? Where? <laughs> it was a fun. It was I, all I could do was laugh. I couldn't yeah. get mad at it. Right. It was pretty brilliant on their part, but yeah, they can't be ruthless. Did it distract you during the game? Not a chance. Did you have a good game? Oh, yeah. Did you get even with them during oh, the I game? Scored, I think I scored our second or last touchdown. Okay. Yeah. And you won the game. Oh, yeah. We went on to the Super Bowl. Okay. All it was right. pretty funny, though. Good story. All right. Okay. So now being objective about the Eagles, I do think Bill would, th this, this is the best scare for Bill. He would scare me. Because I'm not a big Belichick fan either, and I keep telling you the stats, if you, you don't mind re 
repeating without Tom Brady in his career as the head coach. He's 64 and 85. So unless Tom's <laughs> going to come out of retirement and take Jalen's place, that wouldn't scare me all that much. But Bill would be a great fit there because I told you from day one, I first guessed this. I said that Eagles defense is way overrated. I told you that. I told Richard that. You vehemently disagreed with me. They got to 10 and 1. And I kept telling you the defense is flammable, torchable. And it fell apart to the point it fell to 30th in the NFL in points allowed. 30th? And on paper, you look at all those names and you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Nope. The two corners. I know they got reputations, but they weren't covering anybody by the end of the year. But is that scheme? Or is that talent? And they lost their coordinator. They did. But so, is that scheme yeah. or is that talent? That's yeah. what you have to – when you yeah. are looking at these situations, you have to pin that down. Yeah. Is it the scheme that's putting them in bad situations? Or is it their talent as eroded to the point, no matter what scheme you put them in, they're not going to be good? I think they're aging, but it could be some scheme. And obviously, we talked about this in my – history in my career i've never seen a defensive coordinator demoted or kicked upstairs yeah. at mid-season yeah i don't like that and I, coach pencil took over as in Belichick's, that was a, that was a yeah. bad that was a bad yeah seriani that was a bad deal on his part to do such a thing it was there are times when i and i give nick seriani what he'd done for the previous couple of years but there are times when he comes across as some kid who was just walking by the stadium one day on the street and Howie Rosen went out and tapped him on the shoulder and said, would you like to be head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? Sure, I'll, I'll try that. And he seems like a good guy, but not a particularly charismatic, strong guy, you know, like a dynamic leader like we talked about. McCarthy's not. It felt like he lost the football team down the stretch because that's six out of seven is a lot of losing. And I don't want to see popcorn showers on his head because that's beneath his dignity, obviously. That I, I, I was just pathetic to me. But the point is, it did feel like he lost the team. And the one big difference between Jerry Jones at this point at age 81 and Jeffrey Lurie is, Lurie and Howie will plunge now. They'll, they'll do they some things. They got a few things. more plunges in They got plunges in They do. That's exactly right. So would it shock me if they were right in the Belichick Derby right now and they were trying to figure it out and pull it off? Maybe they would say, we need to see if we can get Bill before we let go of Nick. It's possible that there are a lot of musical chairs operating right now as we speak. But I could see where he could be the best fix for them because I do think Jalen is a dynamic leader. He got beat up as he is wont to do. He had a knee issue that may need some cleanup in the offseason. He busted up his middle finger, as we know, and dislocated it. He wasn't quite right at the end of the year. And Troy Aikman on the telecast the other night said, I'm not going to be surprised if he needs some sort of off-season cleanup surgery on his knee. So I give Jalen those, those breaks. But in the end, could, could Bill sort of reignite the locker room and the fire and the urgency and yeah, I, he, it, when I heard that, sometimes you hear something, and the moment you do, it clicks in your head. That clicked in my head like, mm, that, that, that would make sense And, to and me. let me say this, though, Skip, because I'm not going to gloss over the fact that you continue to keep bringing up Bill's record with and without Tom Brady. Mm. The, the facts are the facts. He didn't win all that great in a, an unstable environment in Cleveland with a lack of quarterback play. Yeah, they then, lost four out of five years. Then... Yeah. He goes to New England, 
And so he's turned five, a program. Five and 11 he, the first he, he year. Turns a program around in his second year as a head coach. And then they go on a 20 year okay, run. But or he didn't it turn is. around. They go 5 and 11, and then they were 0 and 2 when they Drew turned, Bledsoe got hurt. They, and they turned it around. Okay, well, because Tom fell out of heaven. Into oh, God, lap. stop. Anyway. Start. What are you talking about? He fell out. He drafted the dude. They, they were, he drafted hey. him. He kept him. And they developed him. What 5 is, and 11 in the first year, taking over a team that you got a brand new coach in house. Then you go 0 and 2 to start he's with. Young. You're missing the boat on this no, one. No, I'm not. I, I know an assistant coach on that staff who told me that at that point when they fell to 0-2, he said, I was thinking of putting my house on the market. That's his fault. Because I didn't think we were going to last much you, you know how many? You know how many You know how many coaches that I've spoken to over the years? I'll just mm -hmm. take two two of my coaches. Mm -hmm. John Robinson took over for Rich McKay. Knowing well. Think, and I think, I mean, uh, uh, not Rich John. McKay, John. Yes. Actually, I just saw J.K. the other day. Okay. Uh, John McKay. And they started off 0-2. SC, was, the, the alums, was ready to tear his head off. I know him, yeah. Then Bill Parcells took over for the Giants, mm -hmm. and they started off losing in LT, and everybody was like, man, what the hell we just hired? Mm. And then the rest was history. Okay. So I don't get caught up in the beginning stages of a coach's career. I just, you can't. Okay. Because it's a new foundation, a new program. Pete Carroll didn't hit the ground running at, at Seattle or with USC. We was like, why in the hell would we hire this dude? Okay. And eventually, the rest was history. Okay. It happens. <clears throat> but there but is. I want to say this. Yeah. When you talk about Tom Brady, Tom Brady gets some credit, no question about it. He's phenomenal. He's all the favorite. He's, a, he's oh. a everything. That's the most obvious head, statement you've made in the history coach, of the show. But the head coach gets credit too. Mm. Now, he goes from Mac Jones in, in Zappy to Jalen Hurts. To Jay, a real quarterback He's in a this real league. Quarterback. He is so now real I got a quarterback. quarterback. Yep. I should be able to win multiple games and possibly a championship with that type of quarterback. Okay. I right. can't, if he goes in there and they go 7-10, and 10, now you can come to me, Skip, and go, see, I told you. But they not if he took that job. So the final irony of this, Julian Edelman says, obviously Bill's forte is defense, yet in a Super Bowl – against that team, he gave up 41 points in part because he benched the oh, one player, a, Malcolm Butler, who had played the most defensive snaps on his defense that year. I, I, I don't, don't know, know what it was. I don't know what it was. No, no nobody knows. It to this day. It's one of the great mysteries in who the history knows? of Super Bowls. But I could also counter mm -hmm. you about defense because they played the second greatest show on turf mm. in Sean McVay and company All and shut them down. What did they score, three? Yeah. Okay, but he gave up 41 to the backup Eagles quarterback. It does, doesn't matter. Whew. Okay, up next, I'm intrigued by this one. Maybe Jerry Jones should have had the guts to do what Packers GM Brian Gutekunst did with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Interesting. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Just me, but I don't think Packers GM Brian Gutekunst is getting nearly enough credit for the guts it took to draft a quarterback to replace four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers, then to get rid of Rodgers and plunge with Jordan Love. Remember, Love wasn't exactly flying up draft boards, yet Gutekunst traded a fourth-round pick to move up four spots from 30 to 26 late in the first round to take Love out of Utah State. So Love obviously had to wait three years, but the Packers finally said enough to Rodgers and, of course, traded him to the Jets. Look at Jordan Love now. So, Keyshawn, how impressive was this maneuver by Gutekunst in the Packers? Well, which part, though, Skip? I mean, are we talking about the maneuver to, to get him? To, or- to potentially risk alienating, offending Aaron, well, which did. they well, did. They did. They did. They, did. they did do okay. that. So yeah. I, I, I would say when Ron Wolf was the general manager of Green Bay Packers, Ron Wolf has always felt that you needed to draft a quarterback every single year despite having a starter, no matter what round. Just the depth. You, 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 you need him because that's a premium. Yeah. You can't worry about Aaron Rodgers' feelings at all in drafting Jordan Love. Yes, Jordy Nelson left and Devontae Adams was there and he felt he needed possibly something else to help them get over the hump. Yep. The front office said, no, we need to find a quarterback yep. that at some point in time, if anything goes wrong with you, injury, whatever the case is, he will be ready to step in and give us a Band-Aid for a short period of time. Yep. They didn't draft Jordan Love with the mindset of immediately replacing Aaron Rodgers. That was manufactured through all the media hype and stuff. Mm. You're not going to replace a dude that at the time they drafted him, I believe was a three-time, two or three-time MVP at the time that they drafted him to replace him immediately. It was going to be over time. Yep. The same thing they did when they drafted him and they had Brett Favre. At some point, they're going to move on from you. It's an assembly line in the National Football League. Yep. Somebody gets on, somebody gets off. And they go right around. So at some point in time, it's going to be your time to get off. I think, it was, I think it was a smart decision on their part to go and get a guy that they looked at and said, well, if we draft a quarterback the following year, this kid here is better than the guys that we've already pre-evaluated. So let's give a fourth-round pickup to move up and get him rather than think he's going to land in our laps in the second or third round Correct. when that couldn't happen. Yep. He sits behind Aaron Rodgers. The world explodes because they move on from Aaron Rodgers, and now all of a sudden everybody says he's not ready. Oh, my God, he can't play. All of the little stuff coming out of Green Bay about his ability when clearly if you were paying attention and you really watch football and you watch his development, the little bit of time that he did play, you could see – in the Kansas City game, I remember saying, he dropped back and threw one or two passes. I mean, that dude can play football. Why are they tripping? Agreed. That's just one or two plays. That's Agreed. not a 16, 17-game season. Uh, agreed. Over time. Yep. This is his rookie season. Let's, I understand he's been in the league, but this is his first time as a starting quarterback. So, therefore, he's a rookie to me. Mm-hmm. He's a first-time starter, rookie quarterback, has never played 17 straight games in his career in the National Football League. But he learned... In a lot of his throws, especially against the Dallas Cowboys, and I really, because it was a Dallas Cowboys game, and I'm, I'm 
uh, intense watching it with Michael. I'm yep. really watching you are. all sorts of things. And if you took his jersey off and you put 12 on him and you didn't look at the color of his skin and he just threw the football, it would be like, well, that's Aaron Rodgers. Bingo. You would, you would literally sit there and go, you well, that's... You would literally say that was Aaron Rodgers. That's Aaron Rodgers throwing those balls. Look at him off his back foot. Look at the, the side throw. Look at the... That's Aaron Rodgers. The play action fake, the ball in the belly, the half roll throwback plays, the Romeo Dobbs. Looks like Aaron Rodgers. So I think they got it right. I think he's there to stay. Now, is he going to be a four-time uh, MVP? I, I don't think so. Mm. I, that's hard to forecast. Is he going to win a Super Bowl? I don't know. That's mm. hard to forecast. They, sure, they certainly hope that's the case. Okay? They hope that's the case. He's headed in the right direction. Mm. He's certainly headed in the right direction. But I don't know that he'll turn out to be Aaron Rodgers. But he's headed in the right direction. I, I think he's barreling down the road in the right direction. He's in the right direction. I, I, I think he's he's on the way to greatness. And I don't say that very often, but I just love everything I've seen about him from the start. And I defended him here on this show a couple of times because even in the games he did not play well, he got better as the game wore on. He was always better even when they lost at home to Detroit on that Thursday night before we were in Boulder, Colorado to see Dion in Colorado. The fourth quarter, he lit them up and got them back in the game against yes. Detroit. Okay. So everything for me obviously comes all the way back to my Dallas Cowboys, and I'm still raw and reeling from what just happened. So I look at what they did, and you ask me again and again, how are you going to replace Dak? Well, the better question would have been at this point, how are you going to replace Aaron freaking Rodgers? Because he was a four-time MVP, and yet they were getting their bellies full of him in Green Bay because he's difficult to live with, as you know. And he was alienating a lot of people in the locker room and in the front office. So slowly but surely over the last five years, if you look hard at, at Aaron's last five years in Green Bay, he, he actually lost his four of the last five playoff games because I'm counting the one Last year against Detroit, the, the final regular season game, because it was a playoff for the in. playoffs. Yeah, so you have a home game, and all you have to do is beat your division rival at home. And he stunk in that game. And they lost 20 to 16 to the Detroit Lions, who, who didn't make it in the playoffs, but it knocked Green Bay out of the playoffs because Seattle eked in the back door. Okay. So then we go back to 2019 at San Francisco against Richards 49ers. Aaron stunk in that game. He had a QBR of 23, that scale of 0 to 100, and they lost, they got wiped out in that game. And then, remember, the Tampa Bay home game, they're the one seed, and they mm -hmm. got their – it's Aaron's first Tom ever. Brady got him. Yeah, he got him. But Aaron played pretty well in that game until it was first and goal at the 8 late in the game. Probably should have ran it in. He probably should have run. And, and he misfires three straight times. He tried to force to Devontae at the goal line twice when he was like triple covered and it just didn't work. He airmailed air uh, Lazard, I think, on the first throw. So my, my point was that wasn't very good. And then they had the one seat again. It was very cold. But remember, Jimmy G in San Francisco went in there in their first home. Jimmy G made game. one or two throws. And, and, two, and that make. was all that, that it took. And it was 13 to 10 visiting team. He had another QBR of 23 in that game. And then I mentioned the Detroit game. So Green Bay is just saying, wait, wait a second. He's more trouble than he's worth. But it took guts because he is Aaron Rodgers. But it took guts to say, are we really going to go forward with this kid? 
And they said yes. Well, they have more information than they the had outsiders. more. They did, but they didn't have that much game information. But they had a whole lot of practice well, you know, information. You, you can you could tell based yep. on practice habits, you based can. on film study, that a guy that you're around every single day is capable of playing in a football and, and game. And you can tell what his scout team teammates are saying. Yeah. The kid can play. Well, you can see. Yeah, it. you could just see it. So they go forward and look at him now because I'm going to say it again. Last nine games, 22 touchdown passes to one pick. I mean, that's that's a body of work to me. Yeah. That's not two or three blip Absolutely. games, right? Absolutely. It's not, oh, I, I hit a hot streak. That that looks credible to me. And all of a sudden, you're talking, you, you just said it. If I put 12 on him, he looks like Aaron Rodgers. He looks like Aaron Rodgers. Okay, this is his first year starting, and he went into Dallas, Texas, and did that to that team? Whose defense? Not my I, problem. I know it's not your problem, but you saw it with your own two eyes. And in the break before we came on, we were both looking at the, the highlight throws and the, the couple to Romeo. I'm just saying that's just too good. You know, that's he did he not look better than Dak Prescott did in that game? Yeah, sure he did. Yes, he did. He so did. what you want him to do? Trade him for you that? Know, I want I want Jordan to be a Dallas Cowboy. I don't think they want Dak. But Why I told they do you, that? I'm, I'm thinking about flipping bandwagons and jumping so on you the Green want, Bay. So bandwagon. are you saying that? You want the Dallas Cowboys to do what the Green Bay Packers no, did I wanted this Rogers? three years ago to, to take a plunge. you you got to have the vision. Aaron Rodgers is, Aaron Rodgers is 40 damn years old. Okay, but, but he was. That listen, Prescott is not 40. Okay, but when they decided to trade him to the Jets, a lot of people are saying, seriously? You're yes, going to go but, forward with but this But you kid? just said it. You, you got a lot of internal issues, one foot in, one foot out. Talking wild to the front office. Talking wild. It, it, holding out and yeah. saying, you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. I'm going to go in a cave and I'll let you know when I come. All I, of those I, sort of I, stuff. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. <laughs> just all of that. At some point, you wear yeah. out your welcome. You do. He Dak Prescott wearing... has not worn out his welcome no, in my not. eyes. And he Dallas never Cowboys. will. He never will. On top of that, they acquired Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. Just in case, three years from now, they need to go in another direction or whatever the case and is. I'm glad you it's brought him up. It's not today. You know, there, there was today. a reason that Kyle and Mike Shanahan decided to trade three first-round picks, what was it, a, a second and a third, to trade up for Trey Lance? Yes, because we're, they we're, thought he would be good for what they wanted to okay, do. Are we they saying just they were dead wrong? In their eyes, they were wrong. In their eyes. Yeah, but somebody fell out of heaven into their lap just the way Brady fell into Belichick. Who? Kid named Brock Purdy, the last oh, pick in the draft. stop. I get he's playing well, but when they drafted well? Trey Lance, when they drafted Trey Lance and they traded all those picks to go up and get him, mm -hmm. they thought he was going to be the answer. Okay. And then they realized he doesn't give us what we're looking for, and they draft Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant, who gave them something, so they moved on from a mistake. Is they it, moved on from a mistake. They so made a mistake. you think they made a big mistake? For, their, for what they want to do with Trey Lance, they made a big mistake. Okay. For what they wanted to do with Trey Lance, they made a huge okay. mistake. Okay, are you saying Trey Lance can't play in the NFL? That's not what I'm saying, okay. Skip. I'm saying for San Francisco, the 49ers, mm -hmm. and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and company, Trey Lance doesn't fit what they want to do. They thought he would. They said no. Could he fit what we want to do? He might be able to. He might. He might be able to do it for you, Atlanta, any of these teams that's looking for quarterbacks, he may be able to do it for New Orleans. You don't know, but he didn't do it for San Francisco. So what they said is we're getting rid of our mistake. We're going to get rid of our mistake. 
The same way. Well, they had a plan B because well, they're, they're plan, not getting rid their, of it. Their plan B worked out. Did it? As of right now, it worked out, which yeah. is they're in the playoffs. They got the number one seed, and they're moving forward. They were the NFC Championship game with the plan B from a year ago. Now you say, well, is that the furthest they're going to go? Can they win it all with Brock Purdy? Mm. And if they win it all with Brock Purdy, yep. then they, they're right. About the move. Okay, who's the better quarterback, Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? Who would you take going forward? Who would I take? Where, where am I at? Anywhere, just in a vacuum. I'm going to take, I, I, me personally, probably going to take Jordan Love. I'm taking Jordan Love. And that's because I think Jordan Love is a better athlete. I do too. And has bet more tools he does. than Brock Purdy. But doesn't mean Brock Purdy's not good for the 49ers. Yeah. But I don't know that Brock Purdy's transfers to everybody's systems and what they want to do. Mm. I just don't know. But I think Jordan Love could. You know what? I think the 49ers are going to have to bring their A game to win this game. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. You don't yeah, think really? so? You think it's a route? I don't know that it'll be a route. They're going to be in a dogfight. Richard almost had, had me feeling like I need to pick the Green Bay Packers yesterday when he was talking kind of wild. You know, talking yeah. wild as Richard does with all his ex-teams. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to tomorrow. tomorrow to make that decision. Yeah. I'm starting to lean Green Bay. I'm becoming a Packer well, fan. You, you, Forget you wanna, me, Wayne. I can't help myself. You want to lean Green Bay because what San Francisco did to you. Yeah, I get that it. is a fact. I need Green Bay to go win the Super Bowl like Scoring 48 on Baltimore, and then it would take but some they, of the shame but out they of beat the, what, they what beat happened. the dog out of y'all, too. Green Bay and the 49ers <laughs> opened up a can. Yeah, oh, well. well. Why wasn't Mike McCarthy fired then? So, here's the question. Can you ever see McCarthy and Dak winning a Super Bowl together in Dallas? No mercy, no mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Oh, Lord have mercy. In Jerry Jones' statement last night about sticking with Mike McCarthy, Jerry said, and I quote, the lens we use to evaluate Coach McCarthy is holistic. Huh? While we're all disappointed with our playoff record, I am 100% supportive of him as our head coach and ability to reach our goals. Mike has the highest regular season winning percentage of any head coach in Cowboys history. Certainly, Mike's career has demonstrated postseason success at a high level, and we have great confidence that can continue, said Jerry Jones in his statement. Okay, so Keyshawn. Yes? This is the biggest question of this day. Can you ever see Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott winning a Super Bowl together in Dallas, Texas? Yes, I can. Remember, Skip, I picked them when we did our postseason picks again after the beginning of the season. I picked Dallas. And especially after both of them get these massive extensions this offseason. Great. You know, yes, absolutely. So are you saying Coach McCarthy is going to get a massive extension? I, I, I look. He just got I a year left. I don't know that as a fact. I just, something tells me 
that he'll be getting extended before the start of the season. Something tells me that. Just because it's very difficult to have a guy on a one-year expiring type contract and expect for him to coach your team. It's just very difficult mm. to do that. Mm. And clearly the quarterback is going to be <clears throat> a $60 million guy mm. by the time we kick off the 2024 season. I do see him being able to win a Super Bowl together. If I told you the Dallas Cowboys in the last three seasons had the second most regular season wins in the NFL behind the Kansas City Chiefs, you probably would laugh at me, but they do. Mm. Kansas City has 37. Mm. They have 36. Who won the Super Bowl last I, year? I, I understand mm. the Super Bowl. I get yep. it. That's the ultimate prize. That's the goal. That's what you're going to get to. Mm. But in the end, you have to look at the situation and say there is a building block in foundation set in place. Microwave society has your mind screwed up, Skip, mm -mm. because you want instant success right now. Mm. I got to have it. Ah! They're going in the right direction. Mm. They just got to figure out how to get past whatever that little disease is that they can't get past in the playoffs, whether it's the divisional round or the wild card. Mm. Because maybe they advance to the NFC Championship game and don't get to the Super Bowl for a year or two. Mm. You just don't know. But are these two capable together? Absolutely they are. They got things they got to fix. We talked about it. They got to get another receiver. They got to get a bigger back. Not that Pollard can't uh, be extended again, and then you bring in, I don't know who's out there, Derrick Henry, for instance, to be your bruiser, your short yardage back, your gold line weapon. Then all of a sudden, maybe there's a, uh, you get Diggs back healthy, you move Bland inside, there's still Stephon Gilmore on the outside, you find a middle linebacker that you so desperately feel, I feel you need, but you don't think you need it. Mm. You sure up your offensive line. There's things that you got to do in your self-evaluation at the season ending mm. against the Green Bay Packers, you look at the film and you say to yourself with your staff, here's what we need going into the offseason to be able to make the, take the next steps. Every single team does that. Mm. Even the Super Bowl winning teams do self-evaluations and self-checks. Mm. Are we bringing in this guy or are we letting this guy go? How much is it going to cost us? Those are the things that you need to do. But I do believe... They can win a championship together. Mm. I do believe that Dak Prescott eventually will be a Super Bowl quarterback. You know, I actually opened my ears to everything you just said because, because you never I'm, I'm looking for a shred of hope, just a ray of light today because I am so down and depressed and devastated by everything that's happened since Sunday and including last night. And yet I want to remind you, I'm not microwaving the Cowboys. I'm cooking them on an old gas stove because I'm going way, way back to what was, what could be, what hasn't been for so long. I'm going to say it again. First 30 Super Bowls, 16 of those years we played in the NFC Championship game. Since then, we're going on 30 more years, Super Bowl years, Jerry, of never sniffing, though. never sniffing the NFC Championship game. I went through all kinds of owners. I went through old Clint Murkison, this is way before your cowboy time, when he was the all-time greatest absentee owner in the history of owners. He was a ghost. You never heard him. You never saw him. He was never around. He stayed completely out of Coach Landry and Tech Schramm's and Gil Brandt's way. That's one way to do it.
Then I've lived through the Jerry era. I wrote three books involving Jerry Jones. I spent hundreds of hours around him. It worked when he had Jimmy, and it also worked with Coach Switzer because they were dynamic leaders who created urgency and immediacy in those locker rooms that Coach McCarthy can't even fathom trying to create. So you ask me, but first of all, I, I got to deal with your. I, I want you to understand when you said extend Coach McCarthy, <laughs> my, my heart skipped a beat because extending I don't, I don't the coach. Your heart hey, skipped hey, a beat. Hey, listen. Extending the coach and extending the quarterback will cut even more years off my life because I know what's coming. I've been doing this too long. We will never, ever win a Super Bowl with McCarthy as the head coach and Dak Prescott as the quarterback. I'm on record. I will double, triple, quadruple down on it. Never, ever, because McCarthy is not that guy and Dak is not that guy. Period. End of story. So get if rid of you both combine of them. them. So if you combine them. them, okay? So get rid of both we of them. We could have gotten rid of the head coach. for the next 10 years. Yeah. Go right ahead. Uh, I we, dare we, you to. Okay, is that what Green Bay just said? Let's live in misery with Jordan Love. Look at him now. Look, I think they're going to go much farther with Jordan Love than they've been going with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was 40 years damn uh, old or whatever no, he it wasn't. was. He was 36 and 37 and 38. Well, it, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was time to move on from him at the age yeah. and the problems that he yeah, was well, given. Tom played until he was 45 and won yeah, a Tom, Super Bowl at 44. Wasn't, Tom wasn't creating the same environment that he was creating in Green Bay. Keyshawn. It will never, ever work because you know what happens to Dak Prescott when the lights get brightest and the pressure mounts and his throat gets tight. Did you see him in the first half the other day? He went deer in headlights Dak. Right on schedule, he became, in a bad way, playoff Dak. Cowboy Nation knows playoff Dak. There used to be playoff Eli in a great way for the Giants, <sighs> who beat Brady twice in Super Bowls. Playoff Dak crumbles right before your very eyes. Playoff Dak can lead the NFL in touchdown passes with 36, and against Green Bay in the first half, he can look lost. But, I, but I've watched other quarterbacks, man. I've watched Peyton Manning. I'm just going to use that mm -hmm. another example. Struggling the playoffs. Until, For a while, he did. Until he didn't anymore. Yeah. I've watched it. Okay, Dak's played eight years now. We're going to year nine. You really think he's going to change? Yeah, I think he will. You know, even you admitted to me the other night, you, you said, oh, I don't know about Dak anymore. I'm not sure about him. Because how can you be sure after that game? Well, I said that more so to tease you yeah, to, than what I to, really to believe. stick the knife in my back? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. But when you look at it, everything is, is, is aligned a certain way. If, if other players come to play, you knew he threw those picks. Time for y'all to step up and stop the bleeding. You can't all put everything on Dak's shoulders and blame Dak for every okay. miscue that I, the Dallas Cowboys have. I will buy that. Come on, man. Because Even our great C.D. Lamb, our Mr. All-Pro, our all witness protection in that game? Where was he? For the In the first half. Yeah, where was he? Well, Dak threw him seven balls, and he caught two for 18 yards. Where was he? That, that's my point. Well, he's beefing with Dak. That was the first problem. You got Everybody has to come. Michael Parsons, who's probably going to be the highest-played defensive player in the history of the game. Lord have mercy on my soul. Come to the party, even if you be in double-team. Chase down from the backside. Go get Aaron Jones. Figure it out. It ain't all on Dak. You want to blame it all on Dak because you live through uh, – 
uh, uh, Roger Starback mm-hmm. and Troy mm-hmm. Aikman. But you also lived through Danny White. That was a hell of a quarterback, but couldn't get over the hump. Danny was you lived good. through just, You lived through Roger. Tony Romo. Yeah. He couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, by the way, Danny got them to NFC. I'm losing track of how many, but he got them. That's to, what I'm saying. Yeah. I was a kid. I watched it. Yeah. So it, it happens. For, I watched John Elway go to several Super Bowls and couldn't win one. But and he, then he finally got the two on the back end. Yeah, but he he, he met up with I, the wrong team at the wrong I, time. And, and Dak Prescott just met up with the wrong team. Him and Mike McCarthy yeah. met up with the wrong team at the wrong time. But nobody saw that coming, right? Well, I mean, it's I mean, not like that no, was Montana's I, 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 49ers. No, I, I'm still shaking yeah. my head, yeah. and I'm laughing at Michael inside because yeah. he changed clothes at halftime. Yeah, because, <laughs> look, they win the toss and say, you know what, we're going to give us the damn ball. We're, we're going to take the ball. It was over in about three minutes. It's second and 13, and, and Jordan drops back and hits your man Romeo Dobbs over the middle for 22, and that was it, man. We never stopped him the whole game. 48 points early in the fourth quarter. I hope he extends Mike McCarthy right around Ooh, combine. See, time. that's what you want, and you'll you'll extend my misery for years on end. I got to get a new team. I, I just I don't know. I've had enough of this. Okay. I haven't had enough of this because this was fascinating to me. Gerard Mayo spoke out yesterday as he was introduced to the New England media, and we speak about that in a moment. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place. Whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this. Crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew. Ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Make sure you play this week's Fox Super 6 free-to-play game. Download the Fox Sports app and enter for free for a chance to win your share of $10,000 in weekly cash prizes. As Gerard Mayo was introduced to the media yesterday as Patriots head coach, Owner Robert Kraft was asked about Mayo being the first black head coach in Patriots history. Robert Kraft said, I'm really colorblind in terms of I know what it feels like on Sunday when we lose. He happens to be a man of color, but I chose him because I believe he's best to do the job. 
then this is what Mayo said. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. You better believe it. Being the first black coach here in New England means a lot to me. Um, but those guys taught me you have to take ideas from other people. Black, white, green, yellow, really doesn't matter. Old, young. One thing you'll notice about me in our interaction as we continue to go is I don't like echo chambers. I want people around me that are going to question my ideas or question the way we have done things in the past. Keyshawn, your reaction to what Mayo said? Well, he's, he's completely right. I mean, he's, he's taken over for Bill Belichick, arguably in, in the modern day of, of football, the, the greatest coach in NFL history, regardless of what you may think, Skip. Um, no, he's widely regarded as that. And he's taken over in a region mm. that has had his issues with black folk. Okay? You are so right. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. We all know what athletes have gone through in the Massachusetts area. And it's not everybody. Starting with Mr. Russell, as in Bill. It's starting with Bill Russell way back in the 50s and mm-hmm. 60s and whatnot. But when you look at the New England Patriots, and it's so funny, you say, He's the first African-American black head coach who ever coached the New England Patriots. Okay. They hadn't needed a coach for 20 years. They haven't needed a coach for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And if you go back in history in professional football, not necessarily the National Football League, you can go all the way back to 1921 in Fitzpollard. Okay, the mm-hmm. Akron pros. Mm-hmm. He's a player and a coach. Mm-hmm. And then as you fast forward that, you go to Art Shell in the, in 1990. He was the 89. He was the interim. 90. He became the head coach of the Raiders. Then Denny Green becomes the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And then from Denny Green, Ray Rhodes gets the job at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. And then my coach Tony Dungy That's- gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Rich McKay is the general manager. And then he builds that team. And then there goes a run because all of a sudden the eyes of the owners start to say, well, okay, it's about time that, you know, these guys can coach too. You know, you get the Mike Tomlins Mm -hmm. of the world. Tony Dungy gets a second opportunity. Indianapolis Colts, Bill Polian. And you go on and on and on and on about uh, black coaches being hired. But for 20 years, now this is, you got five coaches all the way back to 1921. It's black coaches being hired before Belichick took over in New England. They haven't needed a coach. So Mr. Kraft is hiring him because he's good. Mm-hmm. He just happened to be black. Mm-hmm. Gerard Mayo's not dumbfounded at the fact that what people are going to say and how they're going to react. He's homegrown in New England. Homegrown. So I think that, that'll sway some folk a certain way for a short period of time. It'll, it'll, it'll relax some things, I'm sure, because he played for him, he coached for him, he understands the fabric of the, of the community, he understands what it's all about, the Patriot way, he gets all of those sort of things. And as he said, he doesn't, he's not looking to build his staff with a bunch of people that's going to side with him. He wants people to challenge him. They're looking for echo men. You know, they don't need somebody just, oh, every time I say, the sky is blue. You go say, yeah, it is blue. You know, he's not looking for that. Nope. So I think they got the right guy in the right situation. And I like the fact that Mr. Kraft 
pointed out the fact that he's hiring him because he knows he's going to be good at it and not just because he's black. And the fact that that question would even come up is crazy in this day and age in society. Like, why are you even asking a man a question like that? Because he's the first in, in a region that you just I, talked about. I, I know, about. but that, yeah. I mean, like, what, is, what, what did he really expect Mr. Kraft to say? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm hiring him because he's black. Like, what did you expect? He's not going to say that because he doesn't, it, he does not believe that. And that's the key thing. And that's the most important thing is that Mr. Kraft does not believe that he has to all of a sudden curry favor to our community. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got you. All right, so back to your first point. If we take it to the baseball side in the Boston area, they were the last Major League Baseball team to integrate. So there's a long history there. Yes. That's that's operating. I don't want to condemn the whole area because that's unfair also yes. to broad brush the whole area. There are many pockets of that community that are great and very enlightened. OK, but I was very impressed with Gerard Mayo yesterday in, in everything that he said. But remember, after Robert Kraft said, I'm really colorblind, then it was Gerard's turn to speak to that question. And he immediately said, I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. Because he's not he's not oblivious to what the world is. OK, but it took some courage. You, you would have to admit for him, knowing the background, because he sort of grew up in that that region. Right. As a as a an adult, he he yeah. he learned everything that he knows about adulthood in that region under that franchise so for him to step up and take that stand right out of the box first day before the media was highly impressive and spoke volumes about gerard well, mayo to me he's being himself though so he is that's not, the bingo he's not, he's not trying to camouflage no. something to appeal mm -mm. to white america mm -mm. or what's going on in the boston area nope. he's letting you know I know who y'all are and how y'all behave at times. Okay. And I'm ready for right. it. Impressive to you? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, but he's like you said, he was raised in the community. He was. So he's aware of what could potentially come of him in his failures. Okay? He, he's aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then that you have to be. You can't, you can't be blind to the fact. I mean, I, I, in everyday life, man, in the walks of life every single day, depending on where you're at and who you're dealing with in the communities you're going in, if you don't know that certain things exist, yeah. you, you're a damn fool. Okay, but obviously there will be some folks up in New England who will be offended that right away he's bringing up racism. Well, right? here's what I would say to those people yeah. in defense of Gerard Mayo. Why are you worried about that? Why are you worried about, like, what, not you, per no, se, no, Skip, but that individual... Yeah. Why are you worried about him bringing that up if that is the case? Because maybe you have crossed the line multiple times and you feel a certain way they're, because that is being mentioned. But he products, didn't bring, he didn't bring it up. Past, the question right? was asked yeah. to the owner who sure. brought it up, and he just followed he it followed up. up. That's all. Yeah. And then on a different front, when he spoke of Bill, he said, I'm not trying to be Bill, even though we talked about how, as a player, he was called Bill Jr., yeah, well, right? I think anytime okay. you're close to a coach, they always gonna call you something <laughs> yeah, like well, that. Well, you were called- That little Bill, Bill that, yeah. That, that happens, yeah. All right, I'm not trying to be Bill. Bill is his own man. If you can't tell, 
I'm a little bit different. Yeah. I think he's a lot different. He okay. is. And I, and I said this to you, and I said it to, I don't know if it's Michael, Richard, or all yep. of us together, that those other individuals that have been accused of trying to duplicate the personality of Bill Belichick when they've gone on to other jobs, they never have been in the shoes of Gerard Mayo. Mm-mm. What I mean by that is he was a position coach. Yeah. He was in corporate America before. He was. He also, yes. Right out of college. He, yeah, exactly. He, to, yeah. he mm-hmm. played in the National mm-hmm. Football League yep. for a very long time. They, th- th- those guys never did that. Mm. Romeo Cornell took a job and was never trying to be Bill Belichick. He just took bad jobs <laughs> in bad situations. Okay? Where Josh McDaniels was trying to be Bill multiple stops, whether it was in Denver, out here with the Raiders. He's trying to be Belichick. Patriot way. He yeah. was trying, and it did yeah. not no. work. Mm-mm. Okay? Bill O'Brien did not try to be Bill, and it worked a little bit little in bit. Penn State and a little bit in Houston. It, did. it, it failed did. for him because he took the general manager position mm-hmm. and didn't know how to operate or get along yeah. with certain players. He packaged up DeAndre Hopkins for a pack of chewing gum and a carton of cigarettes, which didn't make any sense at all. It got personal. Because it got personal. So he learned from that. Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss was just, Coach Charlie was more trying to be more of a combination of Belichick and Parcells because he grew up underneath them. Mm -hmm. So I understand the concern about people when they look at it and they say, well, Mayo. No, he's his own man. Mm. He's his own person, his own everything. He's not looking for yes men. He's looking for to build a staff of people that understand his personality, yeah. that thrive with his personality, who he is. I'm not worried about him at all. I think he'll do a terrific job. I do, too. It's only up from here. Yeah. The irony was to me that the chip off the old Bill Block is not of the block. He's not part of the block. He doesn't have the block in him. Well, there'll be and certain traits. There'll be well, certain well, things he that he learned a along oh, the way. I'm sure he did. Yeah. But, but he is, you could see from moment one, he said. Well, first of all, he's talking to the media. Oh, man. Well, I know. But, but he. That, that no, what some, I mean by that is Bill yeah. ain't talking to the media. <laughs> that, there you go. He yeah. don't give him two words do and be done. Yeah, he was good. I even saw a long interview he did on ESPN with Mike Reese, and it, he was really good. Like, He's going to be pretty open-hearted about what's going on. He's going to show you what he's really made of in ways Bill never did. Yeah, and so I think that's a plus for him. Yeah, way to go. Good first day. Okay, up next, C.J. Gardner-Johnson takes a shot at Baker Mayfield, and Baker responds. We'll debate how he responded in just a moment. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from David. Cowboy fans, after the Cowboys failed to make the Super Bowl again next season, it's been 84 years. That's Old Rose from the Titanic. 84 years. That's what you're trying to do to me, right? That. No, you're not. Come on, man. Come on, man. 
Well, if you get the you get the '84 skip and y'all hadn't won a Super Bowl <laughs> at this at this rate, at there's this no way I get to '84. <laughs> All right, second tweets from Mr. Happy Keyshawn trying to convince Cowboy fans Mike McCarthy <laughs> is the answer. I see no problem here with eyes going sideways. I see no problem here. I'm going to convince y'all at some point. You see no problem. This next year, y'all going to calm down and and, and take it one game at a time, as I've been trying to tell y'all all all year. Yeah, right. You picked him to go to the Super Bowl. All right. From Seabad, third tweet. Keyshawn trying to get through to skip. Your brain... Your brain. You gotta use your brain. Your brain. Your brain. Yeah, I know. I know you need certain things to operate your brain, but I got a you miss it a lot at times. It's it's really good. It's it's unfortunately it's a runaway brain right now. Okay, we got to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. Can't wait for this one. Last week. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, in complimenting the Rams receivers, took a shot at Baker Mayfield by saying, now, if you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a good group. Baker didn't exactly fire back yesterday. He just said Gardner-Johnson should watch more film because Gardner-Johnson had included Russell Gage with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in that Tampa group, and Gage was lost for the season during the preseason. Baker also complimented Gardner Johnson, calling him a really good player who's been impactful everywhere he's been. True and true. So, Keyshawn, did you like the way Baker handled this? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. He he killed him, K-I-L-T, with some intelligence and, and, and wit and kind of just, you know, yeah. tongue-in-cheek. It, it wasn't typical Baker, I got to tell you. Well, that, that, that is good, though. Usually you, you try to K-I-L-L him. You don't, yeah. you don't need to go back and forth with a guy that's only played four games, week one, week two, week 18, in a wild-card game. Clearly, if you're mentioning somebody that was put on IR, Russell Gage, back in August, mm-hmm. you probably, <laughs> no, probably want to... <laughs> Look at the scouting report a little bit closer. Yeah. But maybe he has a relationship with Russell Gage and want to throw his name in there or something uh, along those lines. And I think he's wrong about where Baker is today. Mm-hmm. Not where he was yesterday and not where he's going to be tomorrow, but where he is today. And what I mean by that is, Skip, the guy balled out this past week against Philadelphia. He did. To no return. He balled out. Mm-hmm. And I understand Detroit beat them early in the year. And, and, and Baker didn't have a good game. They lost 20 to 6, and he was, you know, 19 to 37 for a little bit over 200 yards and no touchdowns. That's fine. That was By the way, receiver. Todd Bowles said yesterday, we're a very different team than we just, were that day. I just okay. said. All right. That's why I said, yeah. don't think about tomorrow and don't think about yesterday, mm-hmm. but think about today. Where right. are they at? Where are they at today? Yep. And based on what I saw against the Philadelphia Eagles, now, Mind you, a lot of a lot of the three touch or two of the three touchdowns were catching runs, but he had to deliver the football to the receivers and sink to be able Agreed. to catch and run. Mm-hmm. The other one was a blitz that came and he kind of you know threw it up and it, it was a punt that mm-hmm. the defender it got worked. Maddox got turned around. He did, but it worked. Mm-hmm. He gets the credit for that. Mm-hmm. He got the ball out of his hands. He put it in an area where only his guy could catch it. Yep, you have to applaud that. Hmm. Now, as I tried to tell you and Richard before, even yesterday, no matter what he does, 
he's not going to get the credit. I tried to tell y'all that. Yeah, oh, you're crazy, Key. I'm like, man, they're not. They're just people aren't going to because there's this stigma about him as he is a game manager. He's just a guy, which means a jag. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's just a guy. That's all he is. Yeah, that, that, that is where people have already signed off on him as being, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. But because what they're doing, Skip, is they're looking at Cleveland. They're looking at Carolina. The end of Cleveland, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not the beginning, not the playoff, but at the end. They moved on from him. So it's like, well, you moved on from the number one pick overall. In four years, you got rid of the guy? That means he can't play. Yep. He means he's this, he's that. So he carries that with him to Tampa Bay despite his stops in Carolina and with the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay and doing what he did Mm -hmm. uh, 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 for the Rams when he just walked in and all of a sudden it looked like, oh, my God, he's Mm going to replace Matthew Stafford. Yep. They can't – people can't get out of their minds what he did healthy in Cleveland. Only thing they think about is what he did bad in Cleveland Mm -hmm. and what he did bad in Carolina. So it's going to stay with him throughout his entire career, even if he moves on and gets a Daniel Jones, a little bit more type extension, people are going to say, well, they really didn't give him a whole lot of money. They only gave him a one-year deal. That's the way they're going to treat him from here on out in his career. Yep. No matter what he does, Agreed. I promise you, no, they're going right. to treat him that way. Okay. And, that, and, and is that right? No. But that's how people are, man. Okay. They think like that. They do. And they will, and they always will when it comes to this guy. Yes, absolutely. Because he is so polarizing. Well, he hasn't been polarizing anymore. He kind of calmed down a little bit. Thank you. That's the point. That was the point yesterday. Dare I say Baker Mayfield showed some maturity yesterday? I've never used that word in relation to Baker Mayfield. But I thought he checked himself and he said really nice things about C.J. Gardner-Johnson because he is right. CJ's a really good football player to me because when he was in New Orleans, he made key plays at key moments. When he was with the Eagles last year, he really helped them. They missed him this year because he makes big plays at big moments. He will help Detroit now that he's back and healthy. He gives them another sort of secondary weapon they have not had. But he just weaponized Baker also because I think he will light even more of Baker's fire because Baker will compete with you. He looks forward to competing, and he will compete under the brightest lights at the highest level because I've seen him have really big, good games. Back in his Cleveland days, all of his best games came against the Baltimore Ravens. Go look him up. All of his three and even 400-yard games came against Lamar and, and Baltimore. Sometimes Lamar so was maybe, hurt. So, yeah. so maybe – now that you mention that, it, it turned on a light in my head. Yep. Maybe he's Eli Manning. Maybe he's Eli Manning. If you think about it, now that you said it, big games in Baltimore, you even go to the Kansas City playoff game, mm-hmm. he had Kansas City on the ropes. He did. They were scared to death. They yep. it took a fourth down conversion. I think it was either third or fourth down conversion by, um, oh, God, the backup quarterback. Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Henney given Sunday, right? To win that yeah. game. I I just thought about it when you said it. And now, in his first playoff appearance since uh, the Cleveland days, Mm -hmm. he went out there and did pretty well for himself. And remember, he started Mike T's slide in Pittsburgh because he went to Pittsburgh for their first playoff game since 1994, Cleveland's. And and he was really good in that game. And he is now 2-1 in the postseason, counting the game the other night. 
And obviously, Lamar is still one and three. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. And my guy Dak is two and five. So maybe Baker, he, maybe he's hey, Eli Manning. Maybe he's Joe Flacco. Hey, hey, maybe. So I kind of like the way he he carefully responded. He he nicely responded because now the advantage stays with him. Yeah. No, there's no need to get into a war of words. Yeah. When it's unnecessary. Yeah. You know. And this is what I would tell Baker. You know the way you play against Philadelphia. There's no need to get into yeah. a war of words with Johnson. To. Just no. Okay. No. If that's how you feel, we know who the quarterback is, and we know the production that the receivers had, and we know who's throwing the football. Yeah. And by the way, Baker knows he's playing from a position of strength because that Tampa defense, Richard got me fired up yesterday when he was breaking it down because – They've all been there and done this before, yeah. right? Yeah, some of and, them have, yeah, absolutely, right. if not all of them. A bunch of them yeah. have. And they are suddenly healthy and playing at a very high level that they weren't playing at that first time. Yeah, I'm taking Detroit, Detroit, though. I'm are just, you? Yeah, I'm going to just get that out the way to hell. Well, I'll get it out of the way. I'm taking Baker. <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. Okay, up next, we got to get back one more time today to the Dallas Cowboys. Because Dan Quinn is interviewing all over the countryside. So how big a loss would Dan Quinn be for the Cowboys? According to you, it don't matter. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn has already interviewed with the Panthers and with the Titans. Now he's scheduled to interview with the this Commanders and Chargers and Seahawks. So you would think there's a pretty good chance he'll be offered at least one of those jobs. Jerry Jones, of course, fought to keep him the last two hiring cycle years. But now, if Quinn does leave, how much would the Dallas Cowboys miss Dan Quinn? Uh, uh, a lot. A lot. For sure. A lot. I've been around great defensive coordinators. I've been around Monty Kiffin and you Bill have. Belichick. They coached me. And I've watched in stints during the season. By the way, Monty Kiffin was really good at what he did. Go really ahead. good at what yeah. he did. And he was a great motivator to me. Extremely. Oh. He would motivate me, and I played I on offense. <laughs> I've watched games where it's like, ooh, defense didn't play so well. Right? I mean, I've, I've watched it. Doesn't mean that you they mean were cowboy games. No, I'm saying, oh, I'm saying with those oh, guys, with those guys, I see that is mean. considered yeah. Yeah. the premium of all defensive coordinators. Okay, I've watched their defenses have an off game or two. Doesn't mean that they're not good defensive-minded mm-hmm. coaches and have good schemes and good things. It just was yeah. a bad day and a night okay. for them. That may have happened to Dan Quinn with the Dallas Cowboys a few times. But when you look at the success that he's had, he came to you in 2021, okay? His defense in the, in the categories that matter the most, top seven in every category that matters the most, mm-hmm. 
Takeaways first since he was there. Yep. Sacks sixth. Uh, yards per game allowed seventh. Points per game allowed fifth. Those are the categories that matter. Top seven in all of those. Mm -hmm. So you would be missing a lot. Check Mike Nolan prior to Dan Quinn. I don't know why you as a Dallas Cowboy fan or Michael or whomever is so quick to say, Baba, I see you later, you could go. When just a year ago, you wanted him to be the head coach in waiting yep. if Mike McCarthy didn't advance the team to the NFC Championship game. Touche. Now, all me. of a sudden, yep. you want him to go find a job. You know how much you would be missing? Because mm. on top of him leaving, if that was the case, and Jerry didn't say, okay, I don't know what he's making. I think I heard rumors that he was making like $7.5 million a year or something. He better be because that's why he stayed. Yeah, so if Jerry years. says, I don't know, I'm going to give you 10 a year and I'm going to give you a five-year deal at $50 million, and to get him to stay, then maybe he stays, but maybe he just wants to be a head coach again so bad that he now not only does he leave for a job, but he takes Al Harris with him Ooh. to be his defensive coordinator, even if Al was not calling the games 100%. Now, that would be a problem. Well, I mean, but yeah. that's usually what happens. It happens. Because I'm sure Al's not going to want to just sit mm -hmm. in Dallas as a secondary Unless coach. Unless Jerry elevated him to D.C. in Dallas. But here's, okay. here's the got you moment. Now you're elevating someone to a D.C. position. Whose that, expertise is well, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean his expertise. It just means that he hasn't called it before. Mm -hmm. So now you're taking a chance. Do I think Al can call it? Of course I think he can call it. 100%. I do too. But that's an opportunity and a chance that you have to now take. Are you willing to take that chance mm -hmm. to allow him to be a DC if Dan Quinn leaves, which I believe you should if yep. you're Jerry Jones, elevate Al Harris to the defensive coordinator a la Aaron Glenn, Detroit Lions, secondary coach with the New Orleans Saints. As soon as Dan Campbell got the job, he hired a former teammate mm -hmm. in Aaron Glenn and said, you got the defense, you're going to run it. Yeah. He's gotten better over time at calling the defense to the point where defense is pretty good now. So maybe that is in play. But, yes, you're going to miss mm. 100%. You're going to miss it. Okay, so here's what I always loved from the start about Dan Quinn. He actually had a personality to me. He would put his cap on backwards. He had some charisma yes. to him. Yeah. He had some natural-born leader in him. Yes. That unit really responded to him. He's not Monty Kiffin, but but he 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 is. He just had a charisma level that that fed into the locker room. You could you could feel. I think the offense responded well, he has, to him. He has a lot of charisma. Yeah, yeah. And I did know that once upon a time, not too long ago. He head coached the Atlanta Falcons to a 28-3 lead over Belichick and Brady and the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And you know the rest of the story, and Kyle Shanahan really knows the rest of the story because he was the offensive coordinator of that team. But the point is, if you had told me last night or the night before that Jerry had fired McCarthy and made Dan Quinn the head coach, I, I would have been good. I wouldn't have hated that. Because Dan has shown you he could do that at the highest level as a head coach. Obviously, you're catching me at a bad time today because I am 
a victim of a phrase I think I invented called prisoner of the moment because I'm still prisoner of the defensive moments of this year when we did give up 42 at San Francisco and we did give up 266 yards rushing at Buffalo and get literally run off the field. And 220-something in Arizona, 35 to Seattle. Okay, 35, and you know what just happened? The all-time Cowboy record, 48 points in a playoff game when 38 is the most we ever But as I said to you before, and I'll say it again, Everybody has a bad day. Yeah, but he had four or five of them this year. They, they, that, you that you play scary. 17 damn games. Yeah. You, Marvin Lewis orchestrated one of the architect, one of the, the greatest defenses in Baltimore history. He had a few bad days. Okay, but if I'm the owner or the GM or whoever's doing the hiring with the Panthers and the Commanders and the Seahawks and the on, on and on and on, he's all over the map interviewing. I would try to evaluate more what he did in Atlanta as the head coach than what he did in Dallas as the defensive coordinator. Well, I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Because even in Atlanta, as the head coach, he still was in control of the defense. Yeah. So you're evaluating both. You're looking at, you frowning up. I just ran the numbers off to you, Skip. This is what I'm saying about your ears, man. You're not listening. Since 21 to 23, you're top seven in the categories that matter. Points allowed, points yards, takeaways, sacks. You are top seven in all of those categories. You act as though he did nothing for your defense when just a year ago you wanted to elevate him up to the head coaching job if you failed like you did this year to get into the NFC Championship game. Since week six of this football season that we're still in, since week six, my Cowboys fell to 21st in the league in takeaways. They had lived and thrived off takeaways, and all of a sudden they couldn't take the ball away. Because you were playing those games in Mm -hmm. that time span at home. Mm -hmm. You were not taking the ball away at home. If you look at that home stretch that y'all had, that aligns with what you're saying since that time period. But listen, some of these owners, whoever's going to hire Dan Quinn, they're going to have a little bit of a hard time selling him to their fandom because they're going to say, he just gave up 48 in a playoff All right, go hire somebody else, Steve. Okay. Keep the same coach. You got to. Yeah. There's a reason that Carolina Panthers have been through like four head coaches in two years. Yeah. There's a reason. I wouldn't mind seeing what Al Harris could do as a DC. Man, stop, mm-hmm. man. You mm-hmm. start. Okay. Oh, I'm glad I'm not with you. Here we go again with the Lakers. Last night they looked like you ready for this, Keyshawn, a championship contender again. That's next. No mercy. No mercy. All right, LeBron and the Lakers led Luka and Kyrie and the Mavs by as many as 24 points last night in L.A. before winning 127 to 110. So, Keyshawn, did you like what you saw? I did. Honestly, I did. I watched about three and a half quarters once LeBron and AD left the game. It was time for me to try to turn the TV off. But when you're getting 29 points out of D'Lo, D-low. Okay, and you getting 20, 28 out of AD without AD even attempting a three-pointer, point yep. mm-hmm. that's what you need. Now, LeBron yep. was three or seven from three. I didn't necessarily like that, but he hit a couple that was like, okay. Mm-hmm. He got the bounce around one, then he drained a Every couple walk-ins. Every once in a while, he gets yeah. a little hot-handed. But, no, I did. I, I kind of like the lineup change to a degree. Austin Reeves is back in the starting lineup with D-low. Now, let's see if we can continue to keep this up, Skip. And if we can, then maybe we can challenge the Clippers and challenge maybe. Phoenix and company. Well, you just beat the Clippers not too yeah, long ago. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. But I keep reading, LeBron needs more help. He doesn't have enough help. And I keep looking and I say, wait a second. 
D'Lo has all-star ability. I'm not saying he's an all-star, but on any given night, he can light you up. Yeah, but he can go zero on okay, you, too. Well, but, but 29 is 29. No, he and was on fire listen, last night. Austin Reeves was really good last night. He was six out. He only took eight shots have, and made six of them. But he made had a, a couple points. dimes, though, too, and didn't he? seven. Okay. Yeah, I saw a couple passes, and I was like, okay. Yeah, you, you had three starters scoring 20-plus. You know, that'll work. I, I think there's plenty of firepower here for you guys to make a run. Well, we'll right? see. We'll see, Skip. I don't think you need any trades. Just get Gabe Vincent back. All right, that's it for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, and I can't wait.